Let me throw out a question for you. Who do you know who has great focus during hard times? There's got to be one or two people in your life that you go, man, that, whew. when trouble comes, that person is like a laser beam. And they're just focused. Now, now think about how they respond during times of trouble. Very rarely will you find them in a puddle in a fetal position, right? They're usually got the, the, the object that they're going after pinpointed, and they're moving quickly towards it. And few things move them from their direction. I want to be one, like one of those guys. So one of the, the, the person that came to my mind, uh, when I was... 16, I was asked to work at a, at a, uh, a gym. It was actually a, uh, a racquetball court. I taught racquetball. I stayed as far away from the gym as I could. It just didn't, you know, the weights didn't work for me. It wasn't my thing. But I got to know everybody. And you'd walk into this gym, and there was weights everywhere. And there was also, you know what was also there? Mirrors. Mirrors everywhere. So you could work out and look at yourself at the same time. And man, you go in there and you just check yourself out. And you see these guys, you know, they're trying to be sly, right? Trying to be sly, but it's one of these. One of these. And they, they're just puffing up a little bit. And there's two guys that I saw. One was named Jose, and he was a boxer. And, and he was probably about 5'8". I don't know how big, but just this fire plug. And he worked out religiously. He was focused on the next fight that he had going. And he was constantly working out. He was constantly pushing himself. Constantly motivating himself. And he had no idea there were mirrors whatsoever. And he'd go and talk to him. And he'd say, I got a fight coming up. I got a fight coming up. And he'd tell me about it. And he'd tell me about the guy he was fighting. He knew everything about this guy. And he knew that if he didn't have it all dialed in, he, it was going to be a long night for him. And he would come back after the fight, and you could tell he had been in a fight. It was not a dance. And he'd come in puffy, and he'd smile. He goes, I won. I say, man, he's like, I, I got to go work out. I was like, get out of the way, Dean. I'm going to go work out. I've got things to do. I'm going to focus. I got another fight coming. And he had gone through a very difficult time. And he was focused on the right thing. I'll never forget Jose. And we had another guy named Eric who was a softball player. Very good softball player. He wasn't as focused as Jose. He always dressed perfectly. Women loved him. He was this beautiful guy. And he'd come in, he'd pump a few weights. And he'd check out the, the mirror. And he'd happy. And he'd walk out. He'd done his job, and he'd come back with his leg wrapped and say, I pulled a muscle. Oh, and he'd tell me all about how hard it was to pull a muscle. I said, oh, man. But when hard times came, he wasn't there. Hard times came, his focus was not in the right area. Jose's was, and that's what got him through the hard times. And I think of our spiritual life also. There are times in our lives when we stay focused. And there are other times that we just go through the motions, isn't it? 
And you know the difference. If you're like me, you've done both. Coming in and sitting at church and walking out, it's like walking into the gym, looking at the mirrors, going, I'm good. As opposed to really diving into God's word. And today we're going to do that. We're going to focus and listen to where our view should be and how to get through hard times. Along with Jose, I also remember uh, the story of Jim Elliott, the missionary, so focused on saving this group that it cost him his life. And his wife went to that same village that killed her husband and ministered to them. That's hard. That takes focus. I think of Jesus in Gethsemane, knowing that he is going to be arrested, knowing that the next couple of days he's going to be seeing heaven again. And his focus was not my will, Father, but yours. That's how he got through hard times. His focus was clear. His focus was nothing but God's will. As a person who follows Jesus, what should we focus on? What should be our focus to get us through the hard times? That's the question I want to look at today. We're going to look at the book of Colossians and, and one section of it, but I want to give you a quick background. I want to take you to the book of Colossians and introduce you to a young church. A young church that Paul was speaking to, was writing to. Paul was telling them uh, a lot of different things, but it was focused on the gospel. The church had just heard the gospel and given their lives to Jesus. They were young. Paul is telling them, uh, he is praying that they grow in the knowledge and understanding of Jesus so they can live a life that is worthy of him. This is a time when he's saying, devote yourself to Jesus. Devote yourself to the word. I love Jeremiah 15, 16, and I'm sure Paul would agree on this when it says, your words were found and I ate them. And your words became joy and the delight of my heart. As I get older, I'm starting to like food more. So I, I, I kind of understand what Jeremiah is talking about here. It's like you devour it, you eat, and you devour God's word, and it's joyful. It's not difficult. It brings joy. Paul is telling a church that. Paul also tells them of the greatness and the preeminence of Christ above everything in their life. Because they came out of paganism background, this would be a natural concern. How would they know that following Jesus was better than what they came out of? Why would they want to do that? Paul is telling them that. Paul says, yes, he is greater than all things. He is aligning their focus to what? He is aligning their focus to Jesus. After lifting the young church up and pointing them to Christ, he gives them their vision statement. It's their North Star. It's what he wants them to focus on first and foremost. When they start fading back into their old ways of life or become complacent, they remember these verses. This is a hinge point in Colossians. 
Chapter 2, 6 and 7 says this, Therefore, as you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What a great verse. We need to, honestly, we need to memorize this verse, talk about it amongst your family. Say, hey, this is what this crazy pastor talked about today. What did you think? And read it and see what, see, devour it. We are not to be a people of despair. You know that last word of thanksgiving? A people of thanksgiving. We live a life not of despair, grumbling, gossipy, apathetic, regretful, pessimistic, angry, and timid, and without passion. We are to live a thankful life. One that sees the love of Christ has shown us and the forgiveness he has given and say, thank you. Our focus is correct when we start saying that word. If we're not saying thank, thank you, our focus is off. Paul tells the young church to walk in Jesus, be rooted and built up and established in the faith. So the question I asked myself this week, and I'll ask you, are you walking in him? Is he guiding your path? Is he guiding your ways? Are you learning more about Jesus every day? And how thankful are you? Those are questions that I wrestled with all this week. Sometimes I went, yes, that was perfect. Other times I went, man, Hampton, you got a long ways to go. These are sobering questions. And if you are challenged by them, let's look at where to get that focus back. All this week, I had to always go back to the focus that I was talking about. This is a life focused on Christ. After a devastating loss, the Green Bay Packer coach Vince Lombardi gathered his team around him, held up a football and said, Gentlemen, this is a football. You've heard that quote I'm sure, at different times. This is where you start in Pop Warner football. This is where you start in Pee Wee. He holds the ball up and says, boys, kids, this is a football. Sometimes we need that. Whether you're past world champions, this is to refocus your attention. And both are needed in our spiritual life. There are times when we have to pull back and say, Dean, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Let's look at Colossians 3, 1 through 4. This is where he starts talking about our clear focus. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Hmm. Look at verse 1. It tells us to seek the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You know, that's kind of foggy, isn't it? It's like, well, what are the things above? N.T. Wright points out in Philippians 4.8, 
states this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever, or if there is any excellence, if there's any worthy of praise, think about these things. What do you think about during the day? What dominates your thoughts? That's who you are. We are what we eat. We are what we think. And we are told here to think on these things. N.T. Wright later says, this is an example of Christ loving passion towards us. Colossians 12, 3, 12 through 17 also puts it this way. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. Above all, Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. This is talking about our a theological way of thinking, our status and state. Because we have come to the Lord, we are pure. We are forgiven. We are clean. Yet our status or our state, if you follow me around and follow you around, we deal with sin all the time. Um, it would be as if the governor were to walk in right now. We would give him honor for the position, wouldn't we? That's his status. He is our governor whether we agree with what he does or not is different. And we can say that about any politician. A status and state. These verses also point us to focus on the rule and authority of Jesus who is seated at the right hand of God. While Paul is pointing the young church and us to Jesus, he is reminding us of our position in him, who we are in Christ. Look again at Colossians 3, 3 and 4. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Uh, this is a great verse to think about those who have passed on and where we are going. 
Um, I joked with uh, someone from Spring Hill yesterday. We were talking just about this. And I'm looking forward to the day when I am in glory. I will not look like this. My hair will not be gray. I will not need glasses. I will not pull muscles. I will not break. I will not get old. Paul talks about heaven in a sense of today we live in a tent. Have you ever been in a tent in a storm? What's it like? Miserable. Who said that? It's true. Perfect. It is. It's miserable. Can you imagine being in winter in Yellowstone during a storm in a tent? That's what life is like now for us in this body. When we are in heaven, we will have a glorified body and be focused on Christ. And that body will be a brick house and it will never diminish. No glasses, no need for dentists, no ulcers, no anxiety. It'll be glorious. I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you are too. See, when we think about those things, where does our mind go? Our mind goes to being thankful. Say, God, I don't understand this right now. I understand that we will head into glory, but thank you. Thank you for that. When our focus is aligned on Jesus, we are thankful. This is also part of the gospel. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. What a great focus. There are times when we don't know how to pray. Say that prayer. That will realign us. That will realign our focus to making the main thing the main thing. That's why we are thankful. That's why we are focused is because of the gospel. And we are united with Christ. We are in union with Christ as Galatians 2.20 says. So what do we do with this? First and foremost, we passionately pursue Jesus. I want to put all your worries aside. I want to put all your anxieties away and say, are we passionately pursuing Jesus? That's our focus. Pursuing Jesus over family. That's a tough one to swallow, isn't it? I know you love your families. Passionately pursuing Jesus Overwork. Hmm, that can be a tough one. Passionately pursuing Jesus over fun. Should I even say fishing? It's a tough one. What takes priority in your life? That is your focus. Your focus is Jesus. It also allows us to get through tough times, much like that boxer. And I want to talk for a moment and show a clip. Uh, earlier this month, 
a friend of mine who's a pastor who I worked with and under, um, and I know a man, his, his son's name is Jared. And uh, Jared went out one night on Diamond Lake and he took, it was 11 o'clock at night, took his kayak, kayak out, was going around and he never came in. And there was um, police combing the area, combing the lake. They talked to a lady who said they heard a distress call, someone crying out for help. This is a beautiful lake, but it's very cold. And you have about four to five minutes before hypothermia sets in, and then it's all over. She said she heard someone calling for help and called 911. And they were out there in minutes searching for Jared, and they never found him. Um, I don't know how I would get through losing a child. I think to me that's one of the toughest things ever to get over. And I want to show this clip where my friend Bruce is talking about how he gets through this and what he focuses on. So please show that clip. Jesus is pointing and it's to raw. the truth. And that truth is that Jesus lives. Right now, I'm looking down this long, dark tunnel. It's called death. And I'm probably never going to see my son on this side of eternity again. But he lives. He lives because Jesus lives. And because Jesus lives, he's telling me, Bruce, set your heart and your mind on things above where Jesus is because he is your life. And to me right now, I I'm, I'm going to do that. And, and it's not because it's a crutch. Because there are many people in this world who every day are suffering in the same way, with the same losses that I am today. They'll find it in other ways. They'll find it in diversion. They'll find it in, in a life filled with inner rage. They'll, they'll find it with self-medication. They'll, they'll find it in, in, in relationships. But in the quietness of your soul, there is this agony and this pain that just doesn't go away. No, no, see, let me tell you something. If Jesus is your life, if he is your life, then what he says is, I don't, I don't want you to self-medicate. What I want you to do is look at life straight on and recognize that death, even though it's your enemy, I conquered death. I'm alive. And because I'm alive, you're alive. So set your heart on, not on earthly things, but on, on me. And so you know what? I can make a decision. And that decision today is to put my mind and my heart on things. On things above. So that's how focus gets us through difficult times. He goes on and he's thankful. And the only reason he can be thankful is because he's thinking 
properly. So when we see this verse, we focus on heavenly things. It aligns our focus. What a powerful, powerful way to get through difficult times other than to have the right focus. What a powerful church that we can have in Bozeman when focused on the right things. So I want to challenge you today. Where is your focus? As you walk out these doors, what will you be thinking about? Let's think about Jesus and be thankful.